Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our worship at Hillhead. Um, our service this morning is led by Graham Mickeldron. Um, you will have an, had an email from me this week, which was a forward of our invitation um, to Katrina's induction at Union Street Baptist Church in Crewe. Um, Katrina will be inducted there as their new transitional minister on Saturday, the 28th of October at half past two. Um, we Some of us have a, another engagement on that day and it would be fab if um, if some folks from church could make it. So if you need any more information about that, please um, please chat to me. Um, our midweek conversations group will meet again on Tuesday at seven o'clock on Zoom and I hope to see many of you there. Um, the coffee club meet as usual at 10.30 to 12 o'clock on Wednesday at Esquire House in Annie's Land. Um, Laura would like to remind everyone that the deadline for contributions to the October Key is today and that is mainly a reminder to myself. So if anyone else would like to join me in a last minute scramble to get things to Laura, then um, if that could be by the end of today, please. Um, next week we will meet as usual here in the hotel um, when Laura will lead our worship for harvest. The service will include communion. Um, these are all our notices.
Good morning. It's really good to be here and join with you this morning. Uh, we're going to continue in our worship with a responsive prayer, which means if you have your order of service, you'll see the, the lines in bold, which are uh, your job, <laughs> your opportunity to respond. So let's uh, pray together and then afterwards we'll go straight into the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Creator God, you formed our universe from a shapeless void. You fashioned the planets and forged the stars. You established the seasons and determined life's rightful order. Creator God, we worship you. Word of life, you spoke over your creation and made it live. You painted nature into beautiful colour. You stirred seas and rivers to song. You called forth creatures of every shape and size. Word of life. We respond to you. Spirit of life, you gathered the dust of the earth and made a man and a woman. You breathed life into them that they might know you. You filled your earth with tribes and nations. You entrusted your precious world to us, your family. Spirit of life, we receive you. God saw that he, made, that he had made, and it was very good. Almighty God, today we celebrate the good gift of your creation. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, today we rejoice in the gift of relationship with you. Amen. And let's continue in our prayers by praying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but that our ways are evil. Thou I want to continue. Um, our service this morning by reading one of the Psalms. I always enjoy um, coming to the Psalms, particularly when we're thinking about creation, which is the theme for this morning's service. So I'm going to read Psalm 24, which I think is really appropriate for the beginning of a morning spent thinking about creation. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. He founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek his face, God of Jacob. Lift up your hands, you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. So, as I said, the theme for this morning is thinking about creation. Um, in the church, 
um, particularly in the Church of England, but um, churches across the spectrum see the month of September um, and into early October as the season of creation, usually culminating in harvest, which we'll be celebrating next week. Um, and so this week I thought I would um, spend some time thinking about God as our creator and a little bit about our response to that as thinking about God as our creator. Now, I don't know how you um, walk through this world. Um, I think some people are very in tune with nature and they see the world about them um, and uh, can really engage with all the kind of sights and sounds and smells of the world. Um, and then there are other people, perhaps a little more like me, who kind of walk through the world a wee bit more kind of tunnel visioned and it's just, what's my next job? What's my next task? Um, I'll do that. And so I wanted to spend a little bit of time this morning um, both as a time for us to kind of um, calm ourselves, settle ourselves, but as a way that we can engage with our senses and engage with the world around us. Now, some people will love this and some people will hate this. I'm on the kind of spectrum of not quite liking this, so it's a wee bit uncomfortable for me in some ways to be leading this, but I'm going to ask us to... Um, Perhaps close your eyes if that helps you focus. If it doesn't, that's fine. Maybe if you're at home on Zoom, you want to look out a window where you can see the world outside. You can see the world here as well. You can look out the window here. And I'm going to go through the senses and ask ourselves to think about the, the sights and sounds and smells that help connect us to creation. Maybe it's our favourite smells or sounds. Maybe it's just something that really helps us to focus in on creation. Um, I know not everyone in, uh, has all the senses um, as strongly as others. For some people, their smell is really strong, their sight. If it doesn't apply to you, then hopefully you'll find one or two of the senses that really connect with you. So let's take some time to calm ourselves as I talk us through some of the senses and how we can connect with creation. What is the smell that most connects you? with creation. Perhaps it is a particular flower. Perhaps it's the honeysuckle or the rose. What smell helps to connect you with creation? Perhaps it's the smell of a fire. Perhaps it's the smell of a barbecue in summer. What smell do you most engage with when it comes to creation? What are the sounds that help you to engage with creation. Maybe it's the voices and laughter of friends and family. Maybe it's the sound of waves crashing on the rocks. Maybe it's the sound of birds early in the morning. What is the sound for you that helps you to connect with creation? What are the tastes that help you to connect with creation. Maybe it's the fresh apples or plums that come off the trees in your garden. Maybe it's freshly baked bread. What are the tastes that help engage with creation? What are the touches that help you to engage with the world around you? Maybe it's your pets, your pet cat or dog or rabbit or whatever pet you have. 
Maybe it's the, the, the feel of their fur. Maybe it's the warm sun on a summer's day. Or maybe it's the cold chill that tingles your nose on a winter's moment, morning. What are the touches that help you engage with the world around you? And finally, what are the sights that help you to engage with the world around you? Maybe it's the sunrise or the sunset of a particular day. Maybe it's a particular place in the world. For me, I love seeing the hills around Glasgow, the campses and the Kilpatricks. Or if I'm holiday, the hills up in the Cairngorms. Maybe it's a particular place, the sight of that place that helps you to connect with creation. What for you is the sight that helps to engage with the world around you? As we go through this morning, may we feel connected to the world around us. May we feel connected to one another and the wider creation. And may we reflect on that as we continue our worship. We're going to sing our next song as a way to just help us to continue in this moment of reflection on creation.
I will be reading the Bible from the Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20, and I will be reading it in Yoruba. Anything she I will run on, see a curry, a copy, Egitiari ati Egiti akori iwon ba ti se ite tabi oye tabi ijoba tabi ola nipase reli ati da on gogo ati fun o si wa saju on gogo ati ninu reli on gogo duro shokan o si je ori fun ara eyi ni jo eni tin se igile ise akobi lati nu okuwa pe ninu on gogo kyon kyo le ni ko ti o gajelo nitori didun inu baba ni pe ki ekun gbogbo le ma gbe inu re ati ni pase re lati ba un gbogbo laja leyin ti o ti fi eje agbelebu re pari ja moni ni pase re iwon e ba se ohun tin bele aye tabi ohun tin bele oran to uh, share with you in a couple of shorter reflections this morning and the first one that I want to think about is I uh, think about God as our creator and I want to get technical just for a few minutes I promise it won't be too complicated but I think it helps set the um, foundations for what I want to reflect on the rest of this morning. In theology and philosophy more generally we talk about there being two ontological states now, this really means two ways of being or two types of existences. The way that we exist in the world is essentially the way to think about it. And on the one hand, on the one side, you've got a being that is uncreated, is not brought into creation by any other power, any other being, but is completely self-sustaining, self-existing in and of themselves, exists from eternity to eternity. Um, and so this is this is one ontological state, completely uncreated, exists within themselves. In Christianity, we believe that to be God. When Moses comes against the great I am, I am who I am, it's essentially a statement of saying God is self-existing. He exists within themselves. He has no beginning, no end, exists from eternity to 
to eternity. No one brought God into being. He is self-existing. So this is one ontological state, one way of existing. The, the other way of existing is to be a created being um, who has a beginning, who has a finite life, and, and most importantly, only has their being, only has their existence by relying on someone else or some other thing. They are brought into creation, doesn't have a life in and of themselves, but their life, their way of existing is determined by something outside of them. Now in Christianity, we believe that to be us. We are created beings, we have a beginning. Um, We only have our existence by relying on God um, for our existence, God brought us into being, um, and we wouldn't exist without God. And in fact, nothing would exist in creation without having their life derived from God. So we've got these two ontological states, God who is uncreated, self-existing, self-sustaining. No one brought God into being, but exists in and of himself, the great I am. And then we have everything else that only has their existence as some derived um, existence from God, their creator. If God didn't exist, we wouldn't exist. That's the kind of bottom line to it. And what I think this helps us to do is essentially has two significant responses, um, probably more responses, but two that I think are most significant. And, and they lay the foundation really for just about everything else that we believe in Christianity. And those two responses are it leads us to worship and it leads us to wonder. Um, throughout the Old Testament, um, we, we kind of hear the the refrain that the, the, the God of Israel is the one true God, the only God. Now there are other um, nations that are kind of competing to say, no, our God is, is, is God. And Israel comes along and says, no, we have the one true God. And they can, they can be sure of that because God is the only one that exists in this uncreated, self-sustaining, self-existing state. Any other claim to um, divinity, any other claim to be a God is always going to be derived from this idea that God is, is the only one that exists that doesn't have his existence dependent on someone else. And so God is the only one worthy of worship. No one else is worthy of worship. No other being, no other state is worthy of worship because God alone sits in this place that no one brought him into being. No one has any power over him. No one has any ability to shape his existence. He alone is the self-existing God. So he is the one true God, the only being that is worthy of worship. And our response should be acknowledging that to acknowledge we worship God because he is our creator God. There is no other being, no other existence that can bring creation into being from nothing. Only God can speak creation into being and that is why we worship him. He alone is worthy in this category. But it also, I think, brings us into a place of awe and wonder. Um, We read throughout the the New Testament the miracles of Jesus um, turning water into wine, um, feeding of the 5,000, somehow seeming to bring about more food than, than was there. Um, we read about him healing 
um, people who were unwell, and we'd read about them raising people from the dead. But in some ways, I kind of think these are small fry. These are small miracles, even though we're kind of encouraged to wonder at them and encouraged to kind of say, yeah, aren't these great? But if we really acknowledge that God is a creator God and we acknowledge that God was in Christ, was Christ, then kind of any of these miracles are just really minor compared to the creation of the world. Like everything that exists, everything that you can see, feel, touch, experience, even conceive of, falls within God's creation. There is nothing that exists that God hasn't created. And if the, if, if that's our God, if that's what God has done, if that is, if God has created the world, spoken it into being from nothing, then in some ways, of course, he's able to raise people from the dead. Of course, he's able to create food where there wasn't food. Of course, he's able to turn water into wine. These things shouldn't surprise us. They should bring us to a place of awe and wonder for God. Isn't our God amazing that he spoke into being everything that we conceive of? But we shouldn't be surprised at the miracles of Jesus. This is who our God is. And so when we think about God as our creator, I think our, our response, our, our, our um, acknowledgement of that is so fundamental that everything that we can conceive of flows from God's being, flows from God's existence. And it should lead us into a place of worship and a place of wonder. As we reflect a little bit more on that, as you let that sink in, these are big concepts and big ideas and big responses. We're going to take time to sing a song, Oh, the Life of the World. Let's stand and sing.
what is our response to God as creator? I think one of the interesting ideas that come from Genesis um, is when it, when we read it says, we are made in God's image. We are made in God's likeness. And, and we kind of get to the point where we say we're made in God's image, therefore we are like God. And I think that's a wee bit of a misstep, maybe a misappropriation of the verse. I think, in fact, that we are quite unlike God, that we are quite different to God. Maybe that's a challenging thought this morning, but let me explain it a bit a bit more in some ways. Um, if we understand God as um, himself in this category of uncreated being, self-existent, uh, infinite, uh, calls creation into being uh, from nothing. Well, we are quite different to that. We have a finite existence. We have an existence that is reliant on God's, we might say that is contingent on God's being. Yes, we might have some creative powers, but we can't create from nothing. And in many ways, we are very different to God. In fact, I think we probably have more in common with a single-celled organism than we do with God. We also have more in common with the most powerful archangel in heaven than we do with God. So both extremes we have more in common with than we do with God. We have more in common with the trees outside than we do with God. You see, we are all created beings. We all rely on God for our existence, whether we are the smallest single-celled organism or the most powerful archangel in heaven or whether we're the trees in the world around us. We're all in the same category that we rely on God for our existence. And God is in a category on his own. And that's why I can say we are unlike God. But what it should lead us to do is think, well, that means we are connected to everything around us. We share a commonality with everything that we can see and touch and feel and hear. That we are not in some way special to the trees in the field or the others around us or to the single-celled organism or to the most powerful archangel. We are all in common. We are all interconnected in some way because we are all reliant on God for our existence. It should bring us to a place of humility our verses this morning in Colossians have the verse that says, All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That's saying that we are all in this together because we are all held together. This universe, this cosmos, everything in creation is held together by God alone. And so we're in this together with the rest of creation. We, we should understand if God is our creator then that means we share a connectedness with the rest of creation around us. But having said that, God has given us a special position within creation. Um, I think that a better way, I will argue, a better way to think about the verses in Genesis is that we're not made in the image of God and therefore we are like God, but we are made in the image of God, made in his likeness to be representatives of God. I think an even better concept than, than representatives is ambassadors for God. 
we're God's ambassadors within creation. He's given us the special, cre- the, the special position within creation to say um, that just as God wants his creation to flourish, so too us as humans should want creation to flourish. And he's appointed us ambassadors of this flourishing, um, ambassadors to say, how will you make creation flourish in my place as my representatives? And so God has given us this special place within uh, creation. And I want to almost quote Spider-Man for those who know, with great power comes great responsibility. With this special position becomes a, comes a special responsibility to creation. So though we're all interconnected, although we're all in this together, our special position as humans is to be guardians of the flourishing of creation. And so if we understand ourselves to be unlike God in that sense, then we are all connected, we are all together, all relying on God for our creation. But within creation, as humans, we'd be given this special position as ambassadors to help creation flourish. I'm reminded of words from Jürgen Moltmann in his book, God and Creation. And he's actually talking about uh, Earth Day rather than harvest or season of creation. But I think it still stands. And he says, maybe we, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, maybe we need to um, beg forgiveness of the world around us, of creation, for the times that we have not been good ambassadors of flourishing. He says, if God created everything and that we are all relying on God for our being, then we should be in good relationship with the rest of creation. And in fact, he goes as far to suggest that if we're not in good relationship with the people around us, but also the creation around us, then we can't be in good relationship with God. And so he says, maybe we need to come to the place of begging for forgiveness of the created world, that we might find ourselves in good standing with God again. And although I don't believe that creation has its own self-autonomy, its own being of itself, that it could grant that kind of forgiveness, I think the imagery still stands well. That if we are not in good standing, if we have not done our job as good ambassadors of flourishing within creation, then how can we claim to be in good relationship with God? As we look towards harvest next week, my reflections is on harvest as a child growing up in the church were always that harvest was a celebration where we thanked God for what he has provided for us. And we had the table of things that we'd brought, canned goods, bags of pasta, rice, and, and, and they, were, they were stacked up at the front of the church. And it was always a place to thank God for what he has given to us. As I've got older, as I've reflected on it, particularly this year, I thought that's actually quite a consumerist mindset. It's thanking God for what we have taken from creation. There's very little space often in harvest to say, what have we taken away from creation? Not just what God has given us, but what have we taken and perhaps taken unjustly? What injustices have we caused upon creation that at harvest that maybe we need to repent for? Rather than this stack of goods and saying, thanks God for giving us all this stuff, maybe we need to say, where are the times that we have unjustly taken from creation? 
how do we think about getting back in good standing with the world around us? As I say, we'll be thinking about harvest more next week. And we'll be thinking a little bit about the justices and injustices in creation further. But this week I wanted us to get into that place of remembering that God is our creator. He's the only one that is worthy of worship because all of creation only exists because God has called it into being. And yes, that gives us a commonality with the world around us. We are all interconnected, intimately interconnected with all of creation around us. But as humans, and I would suggest as Christians, we've been given this special position within creation to be ambassadors of God, to help for the flourishing of creation. And perhaps over this week, as we reflect on that, we can take the time to think not only to be thankful for the world around us, but to think about the times that we have created injustices for creation around us. As we reflect on that and reflect on how we are connected uh, to the world around us, we're going to move into a time of praying for others. Um, because that's a good first step, is <laughs> thinking about how we pray for one another. So I'll hand over Jeff to lead us in our prayers for others. We come together in our prayers for others and in our prayers for each other. Let us pray. Creator God, we give thanks this morning and every new morning for your creation. You created the earth and all its peoples. You created all that is good. You created all that we enjoy, and for that we rejoice. You created all that we have taken and wasted, and for that, forgive us. Creator God, we bring to you this morning all of your creation. Those for whom food and water is a treasure all too rare while we are careless in excess. Those for whom mere existence is a daily struggle, while we walk on by. Those for whom to live in peace is but a distant dream, while we look the other way. All of these we bring to you while we ask for forgiveness. Creator God, creator of the spirit of life, we give thanks for the word that became flesh, walked among us, teaching us, healing us, died for us, and who lives within us. We give thanks that through grace you forgive us, through love you embrace us, through your spirit you sustain us, and through your Son you are with us. Creator God, creator of the spirit of life, we give thanks for your worldwide church, this morning we bring to you from the BMS Prayer Guide our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. We pray that their government will be moved by compassion, identify with the needs of your people, and promote freedom instead of fear, and mercy instead of oppression. We pray for BMS workers Ruby, Arthur and Rita. We pray for their physical safety, and that they will experience God's presence in all that they do. Give them protection, freedom, wisdom, 
creativity to support those living in poverty. And we hear their prayers for us. Creator God, we bring to you this morning Newton Mearns Baptist Church, RAF Chaplain Al Nicol, Hilary Niaka, Chaplain to HMP Pullman, and Auburn Baptist Church. And we hear their prayers for us. Creator God, we bring to you each other this morning. You created this space. You created those who have gone before us in this place. And you created us, each of us unique, each of us special to you in our own way. And together we become your community of ambassadors in this part of the city. Spirit of life, we give thanks that you sustain us and that you are with us this morning and always. Amen. I'm going to reread the passage from Colossians 1, 15 to 20, and hopefully it resonates with what I've said and shared this morning. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Amen. 